Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Be with you today and uh, for those who don't know, we're in uh, a little bit of a, a series uh, around legacy and for those who were here last week, Phil Pye, was it great to have Phil back with you? Just Phil is just, uh, we so value Phil and he just really just set this morning up and I want to also let you into a secret. You're, you're way before Man, uh, Ilkeston. You're getting this before Ilkeston. Can I be, hear a big hip hip hooray? Okay, great. And, uh, you know, I'm just, they're, they're only just, they're a week behind and uh, we're just going to be sharing these things in both locations. I want to say, what are we sharing about with regards to legacy? Well, we are going to be talking about finance, and I'll make some comments about that in a, in a few moments. But as I just begin, let me just uh, start by saying, these past 18 years of Arena Church, and for some of you who've not been here very long, and what a delight it was for me to be part of this dedication this morning, I, I thought, when, again, when Stephen was doing it, it fantastic as well, you know, the prayer that he prayed. I thought, I've prayed for dozens of kids over the years, and uh, I thank God for every one of them, and I'm believing that God's going to do amazing things in our kids' lives. And so over the years, I've dedicated a lot of kids. I've buried a few people. Um, I've married a few people. We've seen many, many people come to faith. Um, It's been wonderful, and to God be the glory, great things he has done. And these 18 years that Caroline and I have been in, a, in arena have been really exciting and we continue to go and grow and love and serve our world uh, believing that everybody is a somebody at arena you might come here today thinking nobody takes notice of you nobody's interested in you I want to say God is interested in you and we want to cultivate a culture that actually everybody is somebody here so it doesn't matter where you've come from what you're presently doing where you presently are We want to say that this is a good place for you to come. Now, let me say God loves us as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us as we are. So he is wanting to perfect us, change us, develop us. But we believe that. It's awe-inspiring for me to see hundreds of people at Arena Church getting to know God and find freedom and discover their purpose and to make a difference. And again, that is part of the growth track. So again, just to reiterate, if you're new here and you've never been through growth track, I'd really encourage you to get involved in that. We've extended, we've influenced, we've planted, and yes, we have multiplied. But this is the thing. I keep hearing the Lord impressed to me, there is more. There is more. I believe we have been positioned to take more ground and influence multiple thousands across the M1 corridor and beyond. We are here for such a time as this. I suppose it could be easy for us to settle back. And it would be very easy, I have to be honest. I was talking to Robert about my world a little bit. I was talking about his world and just understanding the dynamics of what he has to work through in a professional capacity. And he just happened to say, some of the, how are you getting on? And I'm involved in multiple things. Again, I don't need the violin out. I'm just saying I'm involved in lots and lots of things. And if I'm really being honest, and this is a time why I'm almost as well why I'm sat here, because I want to have a conversation with you all. Even for those it's the first time you've seen me and heard me, hopefully you'll catch my heart of what we're sharing here today. It would be very easy for me 
in light of all the busyness, for us to just settle back, Paul, and just think, you know, actually, we, we, we've really got Ilkeston on a good footing because you all see Ilkeston as it is now. You didn't see it as it was then. And it was a completely different church. We didn't have that building. We didn't have the congregation. We didn't have the ministries. We didn't have the community outreach. We had none of that. We had no musicians singing to backing tracks. That's how we started. Christine would, and Neil would bear me out. That's the reality. And then we come here. And for the, who, who was here? The, the, the days of the field mill. Just give me a wave. Not all of you were. That's so wonderful how many have joined us. Keep your hands up because I just want to. Yeah, there's a 20. And that's where we started. And we were setting up and we were packing away and it was freezing cold. Can you remember those times? And you have to put, I mean, one time, a few times. And I'm pretty thick-skinned. I think I'm hot-blooded and all the rest of it. I was freezing. Honestly, I was absolutely freezing. It was awful. And, uh, you know, when we just got at it, everybody said it wouldn't work. Sunday night and... You know, we had lots of people encouraging people from the church community saying, what are you doing? It's all going to fail. Yeah, these were Christians and, and all that kind of nonsense. And then, you know, this, this building came up and numbers of people were really kind to help us to get us to the point. And I remember work parties. Can you remember it? Work parties when we first started. Can you remember the smell of marijuana in that back room? You know, I mean, I don't know the smell. Paul obviously knows it. Not because he takes it, but because he's he's an ex-policeman, okay? Let me qualify that. I didn't know the smell of it, but once he told me, I thought, yeah, it is a distinct smell. And Because what he'd been previously been used for, and it was just, I remember Toby, Claire's uh, taking a, a snooker table down with Paul, and just remarkable journey. Some of you haven't had that, but there's a journey that you're going to go on that God's now drawing you into. Don't think, oh, I missed that. No, there's a journey that's actually bigger than the one we've just been on before. That's why I say there's more. There's been so many good things, and it could be easy for us. Let me get back to the notes for us to settle back and just think, well, we've done our bit. We'll just leave it now to others. But honestly, guys, I don't see this as a possibility. It's just, it's just not an option. You know, if we do that, that's what a lot of churches do. They see a measure of success and then they just enjoy the success. And they become fat, they become selfish, they become self-absorbed. And then they just peddle their days out to what? I don't want to live like that. I, I want to die empty. I, want to, I really want to give it all. I really want to give it all. You know where much has been given? Much is required. And we're encouraged to go and take land, which are opportunities that have been promised. I believe we have been given an overflow of opportunities and resources, and it's our responsibility to act as stewards for these opportunities. You know, there are some people who say to me, my friends, or the ministers. We'd love the opportunities that come to you. I have to quietly not say it because I'm a man who often will speak my mind. But the point is, they're not willing to go on the faith steps that we have been willing to go on. That's why we always get an abundance of opportunities. Because the Lord knows he can trust us with those opportunities. Then we won't just let them there and pass us by, but we'll seize them. They're they're doors of God. God opens doors. 
And he says to us, there's an open door, walk through it. And I see so many people who don't do that. So this is a prophetic call. What I'm talking this morning is, and let me help you to understand that. That is something that God has spoken directly to my heart. And then I shared it with the leaders. And we felt that this, was a, this is, a, is of God. And then the, the freedom to then share it to you. And by the way, once I've shared what I've said, the Lord has definitely spoke to me on this. So with absolute confidence, I can stand here. The Lord said to me, it's not, has, the outcome of this has nothing to do with you, Christian. Once you have delivered what you have delivered, and this is why I have very prescriptive notes this morning, which is very unusual for me. But once I have delivered the word, then I am off the hook. And by the way, you are now on the hook. Not just you, we, because I'm with you as well. So this is for everybody who, t- who calls Arena home. Everybody who would say, this is where I want to be. This is, we believe, the, where the Lord's planted us. And yes, we are going to be talking about money. Let me just get, out, get it out there. We're going to be talking about money, sowing, sacrificial giving. You may say, I haven't got any. That's fine. And you now switch off. Don't switch off because there's something called the widow's might. There really is. And we want everybody to be brought into this. We're not speaking about these things, money, finances, from a weak position. We're speaking from a very strong, healthy place as a church. We're actually seeking to position everyone to receive blessing and to be a blessing to others. You see, it's not about how much we give, but it's about how much we are willing to release. Legacy is not leaving something for people. Legacy is leaving something in people. What I'm about to talk about is all outward. It's all people-centric. It's not about buildings. You know this building. The guys can bear me out on this. I want a nice building. I'm glad that we're getting it all done. Well done, you guys, for just helping us with all that we're doing. Really appreciate that. But this is just a boat to go fishing from. That's why I don't get worked up if kids mark the walls. I don't want them trashing it, vandalizing. There's a difference, isn't it? But my home, I have to decorate it because we have four kids and they thrash around and there's, we have a lot of guests come through and it's just part and parcel of life. Yeah, anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't get pressures about those things. I don't. I want a nice car. I want a clean car, but I'm not going to get worked up about those things. They're just, it's just stuff. But you are precious. And this building is only to reach people. People are the most precious thing in this world. We're not going to take this building to heaven. But your soul will go to heaven. And this is what we're talking about. So our sowing has the potential to change thousands of lives and change families and generations to come. Any grandparents here today? Just raise your hand where you are. Any, leave your hand on. Any parents here today? Oh, my goodness. We're not just talking about you. We're talking about your children and your grandparents. And this is all for God's glory. And I don't think of anything more compelling. I've been involved in numbers of things over the last 18 years. But my goodness, this is the most compelling thing that I think I've ever been, been involved in 
over these 18 years. And for some of you who know me well, you know I've been involved in some pretty exciting things. This is by far the most exciting. Because I just sense that God, because this isn't about money. When you talk about money, this isn't about money. This is about heart. Nothing to do with money. And I just sense that if we, we give God our heart as he really wants us to, then something's going to break. Now, let me just qualify a few things. In the 18 years that I've been here, the 18 years that I've been here, we've, we've, we've spoke about different things because, you know, the building and there's been different, but we've never done anything like this. We've never done anything like this. So in 18 years, I've never asked the church like I'm about to ask the church. Okay. And by the way, I haven't been here 18 weeks or even 18 months. I've been here 18 years. And by God's grace, we intend to see another 18 years. So we're not going to go away fast. Okay. We do want to raise up, keep raising up, but we're still going to be around. That's the first thing. The second thing I want to say is there's some of you, because I don't know all of you, some of you have come from other church contexts. And we have to be careful when we're handling money because some people have been burnt by money. They've been cajoled. You've been manipulated. And that's the filter that you're, you're working through. Please, you don't know me, so you have no reason to trust me. I get that. But please, if you can just trust this message and please listen to it again, you'll hear the heart of it. I'm not asking you to do anything. You'll hear a very clear appeal at the end. You've got to pray about it and then do what you feel is right. I can give you some guidance and some, you know, a a pathway in some ways for you to walk through. But that's that's for you to determine. I won't be looking at who's given what. So I'll have no sense in terms of who's given at the end of it. Okay. Because we've just got to leave this to the Lord. The finance team, they'll know, but it's not my business to know who's put in and who's put in what. Okay. So the filter that you've been working from has probably not helped you, but I want to help you. The filter that I see, I think, see, money has been just another part of our lives. It's just, it's a big part of our lives because Jesus talked about it an awful lot because he understood where your treasure is. I'll say that again, where your treasure is, there your, it's in the Bible, there your heart will be also, the intrinsically linked. I've seen a lot of people who've promised a lot of things to Jesus, but as soon as you touch the wallet (laughs) or the bank balance, they back off. And that tells me that God hasn't got their whole heart. And for many, many years, God didn't have my whole heart either. Because it was basically, I'll give him my worship and I'll give him my service, but don't ask for my money. But actually, God is wanting to draw from us. And I do believe that God honors those who give to him. So at this junction, I did ask a couple of people to just share. And one of them is, is a man by the name of John Partington. John Partington was our national leader for Assemblies of God, the movement of churches that we're involved in up until recently. And uh, he's actually going to be coming through in June to speak to us. But I just asked John, would he just send greetings just for one minute. He did it while he was in Australia. He looks like he's got his pyjamas on. He probably has actually knowing John. So please excuse the attire. But I wonder if we could just run the video and then I'm going to get to what 2020 vision is all about. Thank you.
just sending you these greetings because of the news that I've heard regarding the initiative and the 2020 vision that I think Christian and the leadership team are putting together. What I hear of is absolutely tremendous, and I wanted to give my voice in support of it, that people really get behind this whole visionary campaign of going beyond perhaps whatever you've given before. I live the life of uh, realizing that we can never outgive God. And whereas God doesn't expect us to use foolishness, He does expect us to walk in faith. And I found that the more that we sow into the work of God and get behind those things that are going to produce fruit, then He never ever lets us down. So come on, church, rise to the challenge. Perhaps do what you've never done before, give like you've never given before, and realize that by sowing some finance into this wonderful soil of what is the work at Hilkeston, uh, then you're going to reap great benefits. God will be pleased. And actually, the truth is, you don't sow to get, but when you do give, you do get. So get behind the vision. And I would like to support it and lend my voice to say, come on, church, you can. God bless you all. Hope to see you soon. Bye now. By the way, it's not just Ilkeston, it's across Arena Church, just for clarity. So I'm excited. I can see you guys are. <laughs> just nudge the neighbour next to you and said, we're excited. Just wake one another up, because I just feel like... <clears throat> I'm excited because it's a bold ask. It's a bold ask. And... Uh, I have this phrase, I, I, I challenged Kev with it on Tuesday, first Tuesday, we had a great first Tuesday together, because it's, it's a little bit of a mantra of mine, what's the point of dreaming small? If you're going to dream, dream, you may as well dream big, and some of us just limit God for what he wants to do in and through us, so I believe this is a big dream. I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility. I don't think it's fantasy. You know, some people are just saying God's going to do this and it demands millions and millions. Or we're going to see, you know, a thousand people come to faith in one year. I understand those things and God can do it. But more often than not, he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it because we couldn't cope with a thousand new people coming in. And he doesn't do it because if we've not learned to handle a th- few thousand pounds, why would he trust us with the millions of pounds? Anybody know what I'm talking about? What's the point in giving my lad or Eleanor who's just passed the car, she keeps desperate to get behind, behind the wheel of my Volvo that's a 2.4 diesel engine. She, I said to her, Eleanor, you wouldn't be able to handle my Volvo. You wouldn't. She wants to do it, but there'll come a point she's got to learn Apply her craft in a little 1.2. Once she's learned the 1.2, then she might progress. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So this is not a vision that's insurmountable, but it's not a small amount of money. What am I talking about? Well, 2020 is up to the year 2020. It's a three-year vision. It's a three-year vision that we've been on a process. Last year, the Lord spoke to me back in Scotland when I was there a year ago. 
And he started to talk to me about legacy. I then preached a message during the week with us all churches together. I knew what the Lord was talking to me about. I knew what he was leading us into. I then shared it with the elders. There's a few elders here. I then shared it with the elders. It's gone through, I don't know how many drafts, probably three or four drafts. There was some wording in this draft document that you're going to receive at the end that some of the guys really were struggling with. And I understood that and we debated and we prayed and we worked it through. And we've got to the point where we are today. What I'm trying to help you to understand is this wasn't me eating too much cheese this wasn't me thinking oh they're doing it down the road so we'll do it this had nothing to do with those things this has everything to do with being burdened by God God speaking to me and speaking to the elders and by the way all the elders and all the leaders are in we've all put our hands in the middle not literal and we said we're in whatever this means we're in so I'm not asking you to do something that I'm not willing to do I'm in we're in My wife and I, we've talked about it. We've prayed about it. We're in. And it's a three-year vision. In essence, the top headline, because I can see some of the blokes who love the headlines. Some of you ladies love the detail, but the blokes say, okay, what is this going to be? Basically, what we believe in God for is over the next three years, every year, we're going to see £100,000 beyond our tithe. So whatever you're tithing, we believe in God to say, God, we're going to give more. We're going to believe you for more. And we're going to believe not, not that we're going to pledge 300,000 now. We're going to just deal with it every year. Because how, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So don't let's hit the big 300,000. We've never done anything like this before. We've never been this way before. So that even freaks me out, a man of faith. But 100,000 across a few hundred people becomes extremely doable. It really does. And so that's what we're believing for. Now you may say, well, that's all wonderful. Are the church in debt? We're not in debt. We have debts, mortgages, and we owe loans and whatever, but there's a good cash flow coming through. We're not in trouble. We're not in financial crisis. Okay? The second thing is, this is not to pay off a mortgage. So this isn't to pay off a mortgage. It's not. Uh, it's, it's not to buy a new building. You may say, well, what is it for? There's four principal areas that we want to look at that will allow us to accelerate what we believe that God wants us to walk into. The first thing is this. As part of our DNA, who we are, we are called to help others. Help other churches and plant new churches. And those churches that are struggling to help and give fresh vision to. Uh, Phil, we just seconded him to Manchester. That church last Sunday, first Sunday since he'd gone, had over 200 people in the life of that church. It's wonderful. And there's, you know, there's a lot of things that still need to happen. There's a new pastor there. It's just moving forward in a very dark corner of Manchester. We took uh, the old Bosworth Street you know, the, the fabulous, however many there were of you. Let's say there was a dozen of you came over here. And look at here, what's here now. It's wonderful. God's been good to us. We want to plant churches. The most effective way of reaching the population of the UK is through the planting of churches. It's the most effective way of evangelization. It's a proven fact. And so we want to do that. What do we think the, the cost? Well, typically we are around £15,000 
to just help us in that first year to start it, a bit of equipment. I was talking to a friend of mine. He says, no, no, you'll need to put a naught on that, 150,000. I said, what have you been smoking? You know, it's, it's, it's we're about 15,000 pounds. It'll cost us. So we, the first thing we want to do out of that 100,000 is we want to help, you know, start new churches. The second thing we want to do is we want to transform communities. I thank God for what Lou and Leslie and others are doing here, you know, in this building. You know, it's opening up. There's guys who are coming through. There's care for a coffee. There's all sorts. And there's going to be more of that. And you need more money to be able to do that. And so does Ilkeston. There's things that are in these guys' hearts that they want to do. And, you know, if you could just throw 5,000 in. We're not scratching around. We can just go and do what we need to do. Here's an example. Ilkeston needs a minibus. We've had to close the children's ministry down because we haven't got a minibus. And we were serving some of the most needy kids in Ilkeston. Five grand for a minibus. We don't have to then come to the church and say, guys, will you buy us a minibus? God, of this fund... We can say there's 5,000 pounds and you can go and use that to, to go and serve others. It might be that Mansfield needs a minibus. We ain't got to then come to you again. We've got money to be able to just do it quickly. You understand? We're creating that margin that enables to do some of those things. The third thing we want to do, so community transformation is an important one. Getting involved in real people's lives. M- ministering to need. The third thing is we want to do is we want to train people. We want to train people for ministry. One of the reasons why Phil has been sent back to us is because we're going to set up a ministry school. We're going to set up a ministry school and we're going to train people like me. You know, about 25 years ago, I went, no, 26 years ago, I was in the bank. God spoke to me, give your job up. I then proposed to this lady, my mother and father-in-law here. I don't know what you must have thought, John, when I did that. What is this guy on? He's not marrying my daughter. He's now got no job. And I went and enrolled on a ministry school program, four months of Bible school, shoved it down my neck, eight hours a day. I've got files like this that I still refer to over the 25 years. And then I was sent out to go and plant some churches. And I got the bug. And God did something in me. And we want to get some young guys and some people who feel a call of God on their life to get our hands on them, to encourage them, to say, you can do it. We want to train them. We want to equip them. And it's going to take a bit of money to be able to do that. So that's what we want to do. Again, it's outward. All these are outward. None of them are inward. It's all sending out. Yes? We want to believe God. For him to do something amazing in people's lives. And then the last thing is, we have some partnerships. I don't know whether there is a picture up on there. Presently, we have some partnerships with three or four, there isn't, with uh, three or four church leaders. Slovakia, Albania, France. There's, there's, there's a number of contexts. We want to deepen that. So we've presently asked the guys that we're supporting, say, what is your three-year plan? Let me give you an example of this. And we can't put all this money towards that. But there's a lady in Albania called Rachel Wilson. She's my age. She's, she's forsaken getting married for the sake of the gospel. And she's given her life to Albania. And mum and dad, with very wealthy business background, giving it all up for Jesus. To serve the children of Albania. I saw her recently. I said to her, Rachel, what do you need? She says, we want to buy, we want to build a camp. 
to bring in these Albanian kids that we can train them through the summer. It's a big thing. Just bring them in. Tell them about Jesus. They're also working with all the churches in Tirana who are very backward in many ways and resource them and whatever. And, I, and, and, and so I said to her, well, what are you going to do with it? Well, we're going to buy this piece of land and then we want to build this center. Oh, it's near a lake. And, you know, you've got the picture, like a very basic summer camp kind of program. What a great thing I ain't told of this. If we, got to, if we got to go above, I haven't even asked the elders, so sorry guys. But if we get above, so I'm putting it out there so there's no going back unless you're going to like, smile. If we get above 100 grand, if we get above 100 grand, let's say we get 120,000 pounds, just an overflow of generosity. I think, it for, I think she can buy the land for 20,000. I'd like to be able to just call her up. Well, we won't call her up. We'll probably put it on a video screen. And because I've shared it here, we'll do it. So you can see a response and say to her, Rachel, we'll buy you the land. We'll buy you the land. Wouldn't that be remarkable? Am I the only one who gets pumped about that? I just love it. We're leaving a legacy in another soil that we'll probably never visit. But generations to come will praise the name of Jesus because there was a group of people in Mansfield who said we're going to live beyond ourselves. So this is what we're looking at. This is a prophetic call from God. This is not me just talking about. This is part of our mandate. We're not just called to be a small, you know, or territorial um, church. There's, there's, There's a call of us for an Antioch church, for those who understand the Bible, an apostolic church. We we've run away from this for such a long time because it's always freaked me out that language. But it's true, we've had it confirmed time and time and time and time again. Guys passing through, never heard anything say, Christian, boom, this is the word of the Lord. Christian, this is the word of the Lord. Every time, even last week, somebody coming through, you're not called for just here. There's more that God is wanting to do through this great group of people that you are seeking by God's grace to lead. This is a stepping into our greater Role. And if I can say, this is the, one of the big pieces of the jigsaw puzzle. We've had great systems. We're trying to build groups. We're trying to put growth track in. We've got buildings that we're working on. There's teams. There's a just good sense of God amongst us across the campuses and all that we're doing. This is a big now part. Now, let me question you. If nobody gives to this... We'll still get on with these things, but it'll take us longer. It it, it won't stop us. We'll just say, God, okay, you must have something more for us. I will say this, and it could sound like I'm being manipulated in this. Please, I'm not. But I think if we don't step into this, we will be the losers. Because it's like the prophetic call of the Bible when God speaks. And we then say no. And there's many occasions in the Bible where that happened to groups of people. But I am believing that we're going to say yes. So this is not fundraising. We're not going to have a thermometer on side. and I'll talk to you how it's going to happen. We're not. We're not going to have a... Oh, we'll do a fundraiser, a charity fundraiser. I'll go and walk 5,000. 5, I'll go and walk five kilometers or five miles. For, and I'll get, no, I don't want you doing anything like that, please. No. The Lord was very clear. 
This is from our resource. We give to God. So we're not fundraising, we're sowing. We're sowing into God's kingdom. And by the way, this is, not how, this is not about how much we give. Like I said, but it's about how much we're willing to release. Some people have the wrong question. Well, how much do I have to give? That's the wrong question. The right question is, how much do I want to sow into my future or seed into my future? That's the right question. Because this is not about now. This is the generations to come. So, time's gone. Let me just give you some practicals. There are some people who may give out of obedience. Because I've asked. And that may mean that you say, I have a hundred pounds and we'll give a hundred pounds. Or I have a thousand pounds and I'll give a thousand pounds. And you've got a thousand pounds. So it's just obedience. It's no problem to you. Some people may say, I've got five thousand pounds. Because you've got way more in your bank account. And it's an obedience. And of course, when we talked about it, as elders, it was clear that different people were at different levels. And we talked about that. That's fine. And I think that's the challenge to all of us, to give out of obedience. But I think there's another step to it that actually are we going to walk into or are we going to give out of sacrifice? I'm not asking you to remortgage your house. I'm not asking you to forfeit, you know, anything in that sense that you don't want to forfeit. I've heard all this. I've heard all all the manipulation of leaders. I'm not into that. It's not me. It's not the kingdom. But here's an example. One lady said immediately, she says, well, who I talked to, one of our staff members, she says, I do like clothes. I like clothes an awful lot. In fact, I buy a lot of them. Every month. So she says, what I'm going to do for me is it means I'm going to have to buy less clothes. She wasn't saying she would never buy any other clothes for the next three years. Hello? Ladies, gentlemen, you'll be glad to hear about that. Can I hear a big amen, those who like clothes? (laughs) All she was basically saying is, look, I'll just take a little bit of the hit. I shared this with somebody and they're just about to move house. I said to them, by the way, I'm not asking you now not to move house. Go move house. Enjoy the blessing of God. Somebody was saying they were going to buy a new car. I said, don't stop buying that new car. That's fine. I'm not asking for that. Can you hear the spirit of it? But it may be that the Lord begins to burden you. And you may say, actually, I might be going here for this car, but I'm just going to take it down because I want to sacrificially give. There's a, a, an old minister's wife who's in our church in, in Ilkeston. Her husband, prolific author. He, we, we buried him last year at 90. And uh, so he's been dead a year. Wonderful, humble man of God. I got a card because Caroline organizes the lifts for her to get into church. Because she's not able to. She, she herself is nearly 90. And she's becoming weaker and weaker and weaker. As, the, as every day goes on. And she passed Caroline a card and she says, can you pass that? And she calls me pastor. I mean, it's ridiculous. There they are, Elder Steltzman, and they want to call me pastor. But anyway, I just have to live with it. Will you pass this to pastor? So anyway, Caroline passed it on to me. In it, they said, we want to mark, me and the family want to mark Colin, Pastor Collins passing. 
It's been past a year. She hasn't got much money because they gave it all for the kingdom. They live in an ex-authority, sheltered home. Never had any money. You know, and... um, but there, there it was in the, in, the, in the card was also a check. We want to mark it for 200 pounds. 200 pounds. So I spoke to her. I said, Hazel, that's wonderful. Are your family okay with that? And she said, no, the family are all okay. She's got four children, two sons and two daughters. No, they're all in agreement. She says, we just want you to do whatever you want with it. I said, well, I think the greatest fitting tribute that I can bring to this. And I then began to tell her about the 2020 because she's still pretty clear in her mind. And I said, this is going to be the first seed that goes into this ministry, this vision. And I believe that that should be an inspiration for all of us. She's not just giving out of obedience. I believe there is an element of giving out of sacrifice. That They are committed to give in all they can. And the giving out of sacrifice, now let me rack the numbers up. It may be that you have 100 pounds. You may say, I'm going to give 200 pounds. It may be that you have 10 pounds and you may say, by doing a little bit of adjustments, I'm going to give 20 pounds. It may be that you have 10,000 pounds, which is obedience. But you say, actually, I'm going to give 20,000 pounds out of sacrifice. How it's going to work practically. And I just want to finish off with a Bible verse. Practically this is how it will work. Is we want to encourage you to go and talk. If you've got a husband or wife. And you handle your finances like that. Please don't take an emotional response. Please don't talk to me after. Unless you have a question about what you're going to give. I don't want to know. And actually I don't want to know what you're going to give. But I would counsel you to go and speak to your husband and wife. You know, in financial services, they give you a 14-day cooling-off period. We're going to give you a 14-day cooling-off period. I'd encourage you to, to, to listen to the podcast again. Because some people get really emotional. I'm like one of these. I'm an impulsive giver. I see need, and I just want to give to everything. Caroline will bear you out. I'd literally give everything away. It's how I've lived. It's how I, when God did a work in me, it's how I've lived my life. And if I can say this... That's why God continues to bless us. Because <laughs> he actually now, I haven't, the money hasn't got me. So we're, we're, we're good with that. And, uh, you know, but I want to give you a bit of a cooling off period. For some of you, you might actually be on the other side. Oh, no, I'm definitely not. And it gives God chance to speak to you over the next 14 days. But then during the month of May, Stephen will give you instructions of how it will work, the practicalities. But we're just going to encourage you over that month to pledge, to give, and for us to believe God. And then at the end of the month, we'll give a total over all the campuses and we'll celebrate whatever it is. If it's £1,000, we'll celebrate God. If it's £10,000, we'll celebrate. If it's £100,000, we'll celebrate God's goodness. Amen? Just turning your Bibles, I've, I've literally got two minutes, although it said over there, I had 30 minutes, and so thank you for your patience. Are you still okay with me? Yeah. Are you heard enough of, have you had enough of me? Please don't, oh, I'll get very insecure. Please just turn in your Bibles to Joshua in chapter 3. Joshua in chapter 3. I want to just read 
You can leave that on there. I gave you that one verse, Robert, but I want to just read actually from verse 1. And the story and the context to it is that Joshua and the people of God had been carrying a promise for 40 years that was unfulfilled. It was unfulfilled not because of God's power. It was unfulfilled because of their disobedience. And it took a new generational leader to lead these people into the land that God had promised them by the name of Joshua. And it reads in Joshua in chapter 3 and verse 1, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from camp and went to the Jordan. And uh, after three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. They said this, When you see the ark, which was the presence of God, and the priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. So it's basically saying, follow the presence of God. Follow the leading of God. If I can be really bold, follow the leaders of God. Follow the leaders of God. Follow his presence. Follow their lead. And then he goes on to say, then you will know which way to go. Since you have never been this way before. We have never been this way before as a church in the 18 years. But I get a sense that God is leading us. And we're just going to walk with him. We've never been this way before. Some of you may say, I've never ever done any, entered into anything like this before. That's fine. These people hadn't. But God says, just follow the presence of God. Just trust what God speaks to you over these next 14 days. And don't shrink back from it. If it's big, don't shrink back. For, for God's sake, don't shrink, shrink back, back from it. Because it will hurt you in your future if you do. God's asked me to, to do, and us to do some very big things over the times. We've not shrunk back from it. And that's resulted in just blessings that I just can't even begin to describe. And then verse 5 says this. So he says, follow the presence, follow the lead. And then verse 5, he then says to them, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Who would love for God to do amazing things in your life and amongst us? It comes with a condition. The promises of God always do. Every time God has given me a promise, there's always been a condition attached to it. And the condition was here. Consecrate yourself consecrate yourself that in their their terms was wash yourself ceremonially wash yourself cleanse yourself purify yourself but also what it means there's a double there's numbers of meanings within that word consecrate it means to devote yourself it means to dedicate yourself it means to give over yourself thank you it means to give over yourself to the things of to the things of God and it may be that some of us here All of us here need to consecrate ourselves today in this moment. For us to give ourselves in our hearts and our lives, our relationships, those things that burden us. Those things that we've never revealed to anybody else before. Those financial issues. We consecrate ourselves. We dedicate ourselves. We devote ourselves to the Lord. And I believe if we'll do that, the Lord will do 
Welcome Amazing to things. the Arena Church podcast. Amazing we things. We hope you enjoy the message. For us. I wonder if we bow our heads in prayer. 